Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Celtics led by five before this 6-0 run by the Wolves. Edwards downhill. Off glass! Bucket and the foul. Edwards now in double figures with 10. He's four for four from the floor. All right, welcome back to the Leg Show News Talk 830 WCCO. Michael Grady with the uh, the call. Valley Sports North. Bottom line, what an awesome game last night. The Wolves defeating the Boston Celtics and joining us now to talk some Wolves basketball and some general NBA, none other than John Krasinski from The Athletic. He joins us courtesy of the John Schuster Call Baker Hotline. Uh, Johnny K, how you been? I'm good, Lake. How's it going, man? I'm doing pretty good, man. Definitely uh, happy to have you back on the show and, and want to dive into the Wolves. I know that the the Wolves and what we saw from Anthony Edwards taking over last night, that was the headline, right? But let me start with um, another player that I want to discuss and talk about here as we kick it off is Rudy Gobert. Help me with Rudy Gobert because Rudy Gobert just looks different this year. He looks, I don't know if it's if he's healthier, he just looks more spry, he looks more athletic, he looks more like himself, like pre-coming to the Timberwolves last year. Am, am I wrong about this? Am I seeing things? What, what do you make of Rudy Gobert to start? Yeah, no, Lake, you're not wrong at all. Um, and it's been the biggest reason why things have gone so well for them this year, is he looks like a completely different player at this time. Um, of the season versus at, you know, in November of last year, he came into camp last season uh, a little beat up after playing in the European championships. And he didn't play in, in much of training camp, part, one game in the preseason, that was it. And so when you watched him play last year, he was slower to react. Yep. He was more plotting. He was not challenging shots the way that he is now. And this year, He looks very explosive. He looks very athletic. He's quicker. He is challenging shots. Um, So physically, he's just in a much healthier spot and in a much stronger position. And also, I think he is just more comfortable with his surroundings, with this coaching staff, with this team. um, And he feels more confident in the decisions that he makes. So you're seeing a player who um, just is head and shoulders above uh, what he was last season at this time. And it is, trust me, it's a relief for the Wolves, Lake, because you were wondering, is he getting old? Is he slowing down? And at least right now, he looks terrific. 
You're you're 100 correct. I'm totally with you, and we we're on the same page there because he just looks drastically different. Like he he does look spry. He looks young again. He looks refreshed. And and you're right. Like even opening night, we're all sitting there, right? Remember he had the moment where he goes to the ground and he comes up gimpy and he's limping, yeah. and then everybody in the arena's like, oh my gosh, not on opening night is Rudy Gobert going to go down with a knee injury because he had the big brace on and all of that stuff. So yeah, we were all kind of like just watching things play out in real time, and we're like, man, I hope that this is not the beginning of the end for Rudy Gobert. So it's a nice start to the season. But let me ask you this. How much of it do you think is is the fact that Mike Conley Jr. is here at the start of the season as opposed to coming in later? Because to me, when it was D'Angelo Russell starting off the year last year, it was almost like D'Angelo Russell tolerated Rudy Gobert, but actually Mike Conley Jr. is more of a teammate, and he gets along with Rudy Gobert. Yeah, it's a big difference. Like, I mean, uh, here's the biggest uh, advantage, I guess, for Rudy having Mike Conley um, is that Mike Conley played in very important games with Rudy Gobert in Utah and saw Rudy, how he could be really impactful, how he could really help you win games and get to the playoffs and and those sorts of things. Um, When Rudy was so slow at the start of last season – there was definitely doubts in D'Angelo Russell's mind about, is this guy really as good as they say he is? And there just wasn't that trust, wasn't that equity built up between the two of them. And so uh, you could see that D'Angelo Russell just didn't quite believe in, in Rudy Gobert. And I'm not even saying that D'Lo was completely unwarranted in that early because Rudy was not himself at, at, at that point. But um, Mike Conley... Uh, believes in Rudy Gobert, knows how effective he can be, and he knows how to play with Rudy Gobert, uh, where he likes passes, how to run the pick and roll with him, what uh, Rudy does defensively, and and how they play off of each other that way. And so I think that uh, having the the sort of lead dog of this starting five, and Mike Conley is the guy, he's the straw that stirs the drink. And, And so, and having him in Rudy Gobert's corner, really does translate and trickle down to the rest of the team. Mike Conley has Rudy's back, so the rest of the team believes in him because they know Mike Conley is really smart, and they listen to him, and I think it flows from there. We're talking to John Krasinski from The Athletic here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. Yeah, I like what I've seen out of Rudy Gobert to start the year. Uh, clearly, defensively, um, this team has been much better. Do you think that that is the area or the part of the team where we're going to take a massive leap forward? And, and I ask it in this way, because Rudy Gobert has made comments here to start off the year that this team is going to be one of the best defensive uh, teams in the league. Do you think that they have that potential? I, I do, Lake. I, I think you know they're number one right now in the league, and it's very, very early, but there's nothing about their performance on that end of the floor so far that seems like a fluke. They are not only locking teams down, they're locking really good teams down. Denver is an unbelievable offense that has been blowing the doors off of its competition, and they only scored 89 points against the Wolves. Boston came in last night. They have the number one offense in the league, and they struggled mightily. Their numbers were all way down in comparison to what they had done in the previous five games. And it's not just Rudy Gobert. He's a huge factor in it, but – it's Jaden McDaniels, and and they legitimately have two defensive player of the year candidates at their disposal. You have Anthony Edwards is good when he's man on man, ball in front of him, 
uh, you know, you know, kind of just sit and guard your guy. Mike Conley really knows how to navigate screens, how to how to play within the team defensive concept. You, even Towns is playing well defensively right now. He's struggling offensively. He's playing well defensively. You have Nikhil Alexander Walker. Nasrid is in, is better defensively. So they Kyle Anderson is good. They have so many really good defensive players at their disposal now. And so the, they have length, they have toughness, they have physicality. And so I think that you're good looking at a team that has the ability at the end of the season, not to just be a top 10 defense, not to just be a top five defense, but to be the best defense in the entire league. You know, you brought up Jay McDaniels. He's clearly, he's been one of my favorite guys since he got here, right? Uh, clearly, if we redrafted uh, with the uh, with the NBA draft, Jay McDaniels would be a top five pick. Uh, when you look at Jay McDaniels, the, the thing that I just love about him, at least in the short sample size of this season, is you can just tell that he's even smoother with this game this year than he's been the last couple of years. Just your kind of your thoughts on his start here to the season. I know that he didn't start uh, game one, but uh, him getting acclimated and, and getting on the court now, it's just good to see Jay McDaniels back. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like, I mean, I mean, the the one bugaboo outside of last night that he's had to deal with is foul trouble, and that was something last year that he worked that he was struggling with as well. He's got to be a little less handsy, and he can't get himself in situations where he's got three fouls, in, you know, by the middle of the second quarter and has to go to the bench. But um, defensively, he's been just lights out when he's not following people, like unbelievable, and the ground that he can cover. And the ch- the the sh- shot challenging both at the rim and in, on the perimeter, everything that he does there is is elite. Now, but what really separates Jaden McDaniel's from a lot of your defensive specialists across the league is he does have offensive game. He's not just a three and D, not just catch on the uh, on the wing and shoot it. He can put the ball on the floor. He can get to the basket. He can get out in transition. He had a really nice and tough little pull-up eight-footer in overtime to really seal the victory last night. He hit the three-pointer with a minute and 40 to go in regulation. That tied the game, ultimately pushed it to overtime. So you're seeing a guy who is a two, a true two-way player, and that's what makes him so valuable to this team is that he is not one-dimensional. He is not just one of the Matisse Thibel, Bruce Bowen, you know, any, you know, any kind of Tony Allen guy, you know, guys that were really good defensively, but were minuses offensively. Jaden can get you buckets on the other end. And that's what makes this starting five so hard to deal with is there's no, there's no one you can rest on. There's no one you can hide a bad defender on. They can exploit anything that, that you throw at them. You know, one of the things though, Johnny K that I look at with the Wolves and this will be something that we'll monitor all year long because clearly we're going to watch every single game. But the, it's, I'm still concerned about the issue of consistency. And what I mean by that is the Wolves are 4-2, and two, clearly 4-0 and oh at home. They've looked awesome at home. Um, and, and, and they beat good teams, right? They, they beat the Denver Nuggets, handed them the first loss of the season to Denver. Also last night, first loss of the season for the Boston Celtics. That's awesome. We love that. That shows you the potential of this team. But on the other hand, losing to Toronto, losing and blowing a massive lead to the Atlanta Hawks. See, that's the thing that we can't do. We can't have these, oh, you know, a a few games where you beat contenders and then you lose to pretenders. So that's the part that I'm trying to evaluate. You know, where are the Wolves? Are they going to be contenders? Will they be uh, a team that not only is going to be in the postseason, will be in the hunt, but also would they be a team that can be relied upon to to not have those 
bad efforts against bad teams? Yeah, it, that's that's a big question, Blake, and we'll find out here fairly soon. They play New Orleans tomorrow night at home, and then they go on a, a long road trip. They got a couple games in Golden State. They have Phoenix. Um, I can't remember who else is on that trip, but they have they have uh, San Antonio. So um, so you'll start to see how they hold up on the road and if they can establish some consistency because that's always been this team's struggle for the last couple of years, and that's why I really liked. Chris Finch's demeanor after the game last night. It was an emotional win. The place was on fire. Um, you know, fans were going crazy. Uh, it was it was super exciting. And then Finch gets in here and says, "Hey, you know that was great, but um, you know we've done it once. I want to see it twice. You know, if you do it twice, it's a coincidence. If you do it three times, you can start to build a habit. And and so he's really not buying into any kind of hype." right now that is surrounding this team and Anthony Edwards mimicked some of that. Rudy Gobert said the same thing. So that's going to be the messaging for this team. How do they handle a little bit of success and and, and prosperity? They have not done well with that in the past. If this team really is different from last year, from the year before, this is a team that continues and builds momentum and doesn't get a little bit high on its own supply and, and, and then just kind of, uh, you know, lays an egg somewhere. And so uh, I think we'll get a good indicator of how far along they are on that quest when they go on the road here coming up this starting this weekend. A final question, then we'll let you go. And this is just, you know, with regards to your opinion about this special player. Why do you think Nas Reed is such a fan favorite amongst Timberwolves fans? Because do you think that it's just the fact that this is a guy that went undrafted, Gerson Rosas grabbed him, he has continued to develop, and he took less money to stay here and be a part of something special? Yeah, I I think it's a couple of things that that really come to mind. First of all, as you hit on Lake, uh, he was undrafted. And if you think about sort of the history of this organization – largely the Wolves are always behind the times. They're always missing out on the guy that they could have grabbed in the second round or, or, or undrafted and developed. They don't have a lot of success stories in just player development, finding a diamond in the rough, polishing them up, and then seeing them really kind of, you know, mature and blossom into something special. Nasrid is that. No one really – kind of knew what to expect when he came here um, undrafted. He was overweight. He had a foot injury. He, he had some of game, but what, what does he look like? Is Where does he fit? And all this guy do, has done is pour himself into the work. And he's reshaped his body. He's added to his game every summer. And so the Wolves, see, or Wolves fans see this as, Finally, this organization went out and did something that wasn't obvious. Carl Anthony Towns was obvious as number one pick. Anthony Edwards wasn't obvious, but he was a number one overall pick. To find the Jaden McDaniels of the world where they did, but especially Nas Reed, and then to do the hard work of developing him in Iowa, um, kind of in practices with the, with the Wolves, and then gradually giving him more responsibility as he's earned it, that's a huge thing that fans respect seeing the work that he puts in. And then the other part of it is, is when he gets on the court, you see how much it means to him to be a contributor to, he he works his butt off. He competes really hard. He takes this seriously and he's kind of electric on the offensive end. And so I think fans really gravitate to 
um, a player who really can you can tell, hey, I, this is important to me, and and I and and I love being here, and I want to do it for the Wolves, and so. I mean, he's getting MVP chance. He's getting loud ovations when he comes into the game. He has totally captivated this audience. It's been really fun to see. Hey, Johnny K, man, always a pleasure to have you on the show, my man. And uh, I will uh, catch you soon here at, uh, at Target Center at some point. Sounds great, Lake. Thanks for having me, man. All right, take care. That's John Krasinski from The Athletic. Check out his fine work for The Athletic. One of the best in the business out there when we're talking NBA hoops. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Uh, I do have uh, a couple of opinions and thoughts about the Wolves that I want to get to. We'll do that next year on The Lake Show. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. I'm not ready to crown the Wolves, but man, they've looked good at home. And I would never crown the Wolves anyway. Why? Because they're the Wolves. Right when I will want to fall in love with the Wolves, the Wolves might leave me heartbroken, right? No, I'm not rolling with, you know, I don't think like that. Because I said that going into the, the Twins postseason that I want to be excited. I want to have expectations. I'm going to live in the moment. Enjoy the ride. I'm going to enjoy the ride with the Wolves, too. It's early, though. It's only six games in, but they've looked good. And I think more than anything, the thing that I love about the Wolves' start is that they're 4-0 at home. They've had – remember they had moments last year where they flat out struggled at home. Yeah. And you're like, what's going on here? So if if there's ever anything that you want to see your home – your – your hometown team do is win at home, have that home court advantage. I think one thing too, that I felt like the wolves historically, when they blow a big lead, they don't learn from it Yep, because it happens over and over again. (laughs) And, and you know, you lose that big lead to Atlanta. I mean, it's like a 33 point swing in the second half, which is nuts. But then like the, you know, you won four games, but two of those wins we're over two of the best teams in the NBA. That Absolutely. Were both, they were both undefeated. Boston, at the, yeah, Boston and Denver. Boston and Denver. So I think we're seeing the potential if this team can gel. And there's still a lot of questions about it. You know, can it work long term? But you, you see how the pieces could conceivably fit and maybe what the vision 
of Tim Conley was. Because mm-hmm. so, last year, we never really got to see it because no, they weren't really healthy for, you know, the team was not healthy altogether cumulatively for a long period of time. So it's definitely encouraging, very, very small sample size. But I, I think you can see what this team could be. But to me, the key word again, it's consistency. Consistency. Well, I, I feel like what uh, what Johnny K said was good, you know, about what, you know, Chris Finch was the message he was relaying. You got to do it three times. Build off it. Win over Denver. Yeah, fluky. Win over Boston. Maybe fluky. You do it you know, three, four times. All of a sudden, I, I think people start looking at you and say, OK, the Wolves have something. Yeah. All right. Uh, we can take uh, opinions and thoughts via the text line. At six five one four six one nine two two six. But coming up next, we're going to stay with the uh, the sports theme of the hour, and that's talking sports with a pro football Hall of Famer. Because everybody's got a take on Joshua Dobbs, the new quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. But what does pro football Hall of Famer Warren Moon? What does he think of Joshua Dobbs in his uh, debut against the Minnesota Vikings? We get to Warren Moon. He joins us next year on the Lake Show. Third and four. All right, that was Chris Myers on the Fox broadcast there uh, with uh, Joshua Dobbs getting that touchdown pass to Brandon Powell, the game winner. Joining us now to talk about Joshua Dobbs and give us some analysis uh, being a pro football Hall of Famer at the quarterback position, none other than Warren Moon. He joins us here on The Late Show. Uh, First off, uh, Warren, a pleasure to have you on the show this evening. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. It was a pretty exciting game on Sunday, I understand. And uh, I'm really, really proud of the way um, Josh came out and played, uh, having no time to really prepare for that game. And that's where I wanted to start, Warren, is the fact that Joshua Dobbs gets traded on a Tuesday, uh, arrives in Minnesota on a Wednesday, uh, does not start the game clearly right because it's it's going to be on Jaron Hall to start the game. He's been with the team the entire season. He gets uh, a concussion there in the first quarter. Joshua Dobbs is pressed into action. How impressive was it for him to go out there and be able to to steady this team, to 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 make plays, and just really kind of maneuver this team in such a a phenomenal way to get a victory on the road against Atlanta. Yeah, a lot of that goes to his maturity and uh, the confidence he has in his abilities and, and what he was able to digest uh, during those few days that he came in early in that week uh, as far as watching it practice. I'm sure he didn't get a lot of reps as far as uh, you know participating in those plays. He also had some, I'm sure, extra meeting time with coaches after practice was over. But it's totally different than doing things on a chalkboard or, or on a uh, – an iPad than going out there in a game, you know, facing live competition, full speed, and really not knowing exactly what you're out there doing, not being comfortable with everything that you're doing. So very, very impressive what he was able to pull off in that game. But, you know, there's not many guys that could do that. But, you know, Josh is a rare individual, very intelligent, like I said, very mature for his age. And uh, he's been around a lot. So I, I think that probably maybe helped him a little bit, too. He's been to, I think, six or seven other teams, uh, so a lot of that carryover probably helped him going into the game. 
You know, what, what would you say that you think the communication was probably like for Joshua Dobbs on Sunday? Because it sounds like the communication between him and Kevin O'Connell was just constant around the clock. They were talking and he was hearing a lot of different things in his headset. What, what, what do you think it was like on the sidelines, maybe in between possessions? I think the same thing. Uh, as much as Kevin could could give to him and, and whoever is uh, offensive coordinator and quarterback coach, because Kevin is the head coach as well, so he has to kind of keep up with, with what the rest of the team is doing when the defense is on the field or whatever. But I'm sure he wanted to give Josh as much uh, information as he possibly could when he was you know out of the football game. And the great thing about the helmet communicator is that you can not only call a play in there, but you can kind of suggest or or, or tell the, you know your quarterback what certain things to look out for you have so many seconds in order to do that so I'm sure there was as much chatter as he could get in in those possible I think it's 15 seconds that you get to to uh to, to talk before it gets cut off uh, so I'm sure Kevin gave him as much information as he could before every play to kind of give him an understanding of, of what he needed to do on that certain play. Yeah, we're talking to former Minnesota Viking and Pro Football Hall of Fame quarterback Warren Moon here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. And by the way, I used to watch you play back in the day. My dad would bring me to, to watch the Minnesota Vikings play at, uh, at, the, the, at the Metrodome, and that was a lot of fun to, to watch you play the, uh, play the position. Well, thank you. Thank and, you very much. But, but Warren, I, I got to ask you with regards to the way that Joshua Dobbs plays do you feel like when you look at him playing and him having the ability to athletically be able to make plays with his legs and be on the move do you think that that kind of accelerated the situation in in terms of a positive way to be able to make all the plays that he was able to make on Sunday in such a high pressurized situation where he's just kind of thrown into the mix yeah, if he was a guy that didn't have that type of ability to, to uh, escape and, and buy time and, and make things happen with his legs, he probably wouldn't have had the success that he had in the game because I'm sure a lot of times those plays broke down, but he was able to, to extend the play with his legs, find a receiver open, uh, because that puts a lot of pressure on the defense. Once you do break the pocket, now all of a sudden you've got to cover those guys a lot a lot longer. Those receivers are able to uncover, and, and that's where uh, Josh was really effective in finding some of those guys, but I think you'll see a much better Josh Dobbs this week, uh, having had a practice under his belt, or, or a week of practice under his belt, and a better understanding of what he's doing, so he can make more plays from the pocket, but he always has that extra that extra tool in his in his toolbox, which is his legs, to be able to create by time and make some big plays outside the pocket. You know, one of the things that you touched on earlier is the fact that he's got some experience. He was drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's been with the Jaguars, the Browns, the Lions, the Titans, uh, the Cardinals, and now with the Minnesota Vikings. So he's been around the block. Uh, he's 28 years old. He's been in the league now uh, six years. My, my question is this. What is the most important thing early on in a in a young quarterback's career that will set their their kind of like their journey in the league on a positive journey? Because you know some guys they don't see things clearly early on. Do you think it's a it's a matter of having a great coordinator alongside them, um, or or how, how do you think that that plays out early on in a quarterback uh, uh, their career in terms of setting them down that uh, that positive path? 
Well, I think if he's fortunate enough to go to a team that fits into his abilities, I think that that really helps young quarterbacks get off to a better start. If he has some familiarity with the things that he did in college, uh, that, that the pro team that he goes to is doing some of those same things or incorporates some of those same things to make sure he has something that he can feel comfortable with uh, to go along with the rest of the offense that he has to, uh, to that he has to learn over time. So if you can go to a team that that, that has something that you're used to. And that, that you've experienced in college, had success with, and if you go to a team that has talent at, at those positions, which uh, the, the Minnesota Vikings do have a lot of talent at their receiver position, that's going to help as well. You know, you you played a long time uh, in this in this game, both in the National Football League and the Canadian Football League. When did you feel like you had actually arrived? Like, at, at what specific point did you feel like you know what I figured this game out? I'm kind of in the mode of mastering it. Um, when I came to the NFL, you know, it was it was almost like uh, starting all over again because, hmm. you know, the Canadian Football League is a totally different league as far as how you approach the game, how you strategize. You know, there's three downs instead of four. There's 12 guys instead of 11, bigger bigger and longer field. So a lot of those things I had to adapt to when I went up there, and I, and I was able to do that. And then I had to come back to the NFL and adapt back to this game, which wasn't as, as difficult because I had played this game all my life. But you still had to make that adaption uh, back to it. So the big thing for me was learning my teammates and learning the offense that I had to learn. Once I once I got comfortable with the offense that I, I was running and, and the teammates that I had as far as their personalities, their body language, uh, you know, all the different things that you had to learn about your receivers – that's when it all kind of comes together for you. So it took me a couple of years to do that, but um, once I felt really comfortable with it all, I uh, I started to have success and my career started to take off. You know, I will say this, Warren. You know, I, I know we're in in Minnesota, and I'm a native, and I'm a Vikings fan, and and we're all excited about Joshua Dobbs, especially you know what is he going to do for Act Two, right? But one of the one of the, my favorite quarterbacks in the league. Uh, just based on not only how he's playing currently, but also just based on his story, is Geno Smith. And Geno Smith is somebody that I think we all looked at last year, and when he had the uh, the viral comment that he made on Monday Night Football about he didn't he didn't write back after people wrote him off. I just love a story like that. When, when you look at Geno Smith, do you think it's just a, a, a guy that's been around the block? He's he's been uh, you know kind of garnered that experience and going to different spots, but also just being in the right fit, in the right opportunity right now with the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, that had a lot to do with it. And I think when Geno first came in the league, everybody knew he was talented, but he also had some maturity issues, you know, and I think that's that's what hurt him early. Uh, but I think being around Eli Manning when he was with the Giants, being around Phillip Rivers when he was uh, in San Diego, being uh, with Russell Wilson for two or three years up here, he kind of learned from all those successful veterans on what it takes to, to be a professional quarterback and how to prepare and all those different things. So I think when he got his chance finally after Russell Russell was traded. Uh, it was his. It was his ball game to lose, and I think he used all those different things that he learned over those years. Uh, he had matured a lot, and he was ready for the uh, ready for the challenge because he still had the same talents. He could throw the ball as well as anybody. He could still move around. He wasn't beat up from from playing a lot of years, so he was primed 
to be able to uh, to go out there and 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 uh, be successful because he had good players to play with too. So it it was all set all set up for him. But the the, the most important thing was Gino didn't give up on it. He kept he kept learning. He kept uh, improving. And uh, when he got his chance, he was ready. Yeah. Final question for the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame quarterback Warren Moon here on the Lake Show on News Talk eight three zero WCCO. And the last question is this: um, in the span of what ten days or so. The Minnesota Vikings lose their franchise quarterback in Kirk Cousins, and then everybody in Minnesota is bummed, and they're 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 you know they're they're looking at like, well, what is the next step? What's going to happen now? The season's over, right? And then Joshua Dobbs happens, and Joshua Dobbs goes out there and he plays to the level that he played at. Tell me, as a guy that's a Pro Football Hall of Famer and a quarterback, what the what the excitement level probably was like for every member and every guy in that locker room when, in that moment, they saw Joshua Dobbs get that done and then get that W. I mean, it was just extra motivation. I think it was. Uh, they didn't. Ex- they didn't know what to expect from Josh Dobbs. Yeah, because no, they didn't know him on that football team. <laughs> they didn't know him, and he didn't know a lot of them. I mean, I saw a clip where he's on the sidelines trying to go through the cadence, go, going through what his cadence would sound like compared to the other quarterbacks. That, that that's how much he didn't have information on or, or hadn't practiced with all these guys. So for him to go out there and perform the way he did, I'm sure it inspired all those guys on the team. It made them raise their level of play up a little bit because they knew that they had to overcompensate for him uh, not knowing everything that he needed to know. Um, So going forward, you know, having experienced that as a team with this guy, I I think there's a lot of inspiration that nobody's going to give up, that we feel like we still have a chance to get to the playoffs with with, uh, Josh Dobbs as our quarterback. So uh, I I think you're going to see an inspired team hit the field this week, and we'll see how how they're able to respond. But uh, I think there's a lot of confidence going through that locker room right now because of the way Josh played. Hey, Warren, to all the Viking fans out there that are curious about what you're up to these days, what you been up to? Wow, I don't know if you have enough time. <laughs> uh, we got a minute or two. This is all good. I, I, I'm I'm doing a lot of things. You know, I'm I'm uh, I have a foundation that I run that's doing very very well. Um, it's a, it's called Brothers in Arms, and what we do is I come from a single mom home, and so does Andre Ware and, and Vince Young, who who are, are in this uh, foundation with me. So we're looking for kids that are involved in the sports that come from single mom homes and and need assistance to go to college, and we give out college scholarships. So that that's one of the things I'm doing. I do a lot of personal appearances, a lot of speaking, a lot of memorabilia shows. Um, I've got eight grandkids now, so they take a lot of my time. I'm getting ready to go visit them uh, tomorrow for the weekend so yeah there's a lot going on in my life I have a a 16 year old playing high school football he's got a game Saturday so I won't be able to come to the uh, to the alumni weekend this week I was kind of bummed about that but um, my son's a little bit more important right now so uh, yeah a lot going on in my life busier than I've ever been but uh, loving all of it hey Warren it's a pleasure to have you on the show continue success uh, in life and uh, so happy that you were able to join us here on the good neighbor news talk 830 WCCO all right, thanks for having me on. I'll be in the Twin Cities at some point uh, late in the season. I'll, I guarantee you that. Now, that sounds good. We'd love to meet you. I'd love to see you here at uh, U.S. Bank Stadium. That's the Pro All Football right. Hall of Famer Warren Moon joining us here on The Lake Show. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll get to headlines. That's next. All righty, it's time for headlines. Thanks again to Warren Moon for being on the show. We truly do appreciate it. The Pro Football Hall of Famer. Thanks to Christopher Tubbs for getting that done on short notice. Nah.
Ain't ain't nothing. Nah. Yeah, just send him a text. He's just like, like brush my shoulders off. Hey, you know, it's it's weird when you look in your phone. You're like, I can't believe all these numbers I've got. Hey, bro, I'm dead serious. There's there. What is the coolest number that you have in your phone? They they could be dead or alive. Miley Cyrus. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I've got Miley Cyrus's cell phone. Um, when I look at mine, it's Bobby Bowden. Look at you, Miley. Yeah. It's Bobby Miley. Bowden. Bobby Bowden. Okay. Bobby Bowden. I think I win that one. No disrespect to Bobby Bowden. Hold on. My guy's passed on. How dare you disrespect Bobby Bowden? I am. How not, dare I'm not, I'm you? Not saying How I'm... dare you? Well, you think I'm going the Colin Coward? Well, he can't win a national championship. <laughs> I'm going to put him on that list of coaches that can't win a national championship. At least Miley Cyrus could win a national championship. Man. He still has a shot even though I think she'll probably won't win as many as, yeah, she won't. as, as he did. Hey, uh, an airline employee was stopped at an MSP airport security checkpoint with a loaded gun in their bag last week. Now, this is a story you've heard throughout the day here on CCO, but uh, Transportation Security Administration spokeswoman Jessica Maley says these incidents are disturbing and disruptive. Thankfully, this one appears to be an, incident, uh, an innocent, innocent oversight. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of vowels there. I mess up all the time, so oh, I'm, not, I'm not making fun of you, man. It's an innocent oversight in this case. And again, overwhelmingly with passengers, they say, oh, my gosh, I forgot I had the gun in my bag. They didn't mean to bring it on. But responsible firearm owners always know where their weapons are at. They just want to remind people uh, not to make this mistake again. Uh, TSA says the I'm sorry, though. This is a pretty huge mistake to make with all due respect. It, it, look, look, we, we get to, to me that we can say it's a mistake, an innocent yeah. mistake. That's a big mistake. It is. It's a firearm. Yeah, and you're an airline employee, which, I mean, yes. you, you should be even more hyper aware of. Come on, man. It's a loaded gun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Hey, speaking of loaded guns, a man with a gun was arrested in a park near the U.S. Capitol earlier today. Now, the man was in the park outside of Senate office buildings and across from the Washington Union Station when he was arrested. Uh, roads in the area were closed for about two hours as officers searched the, the area and the man's belongings. Officers said they did not believe there was an ongoing threat. Carrying firearms in public is prohibited in Washington, as well as on the U.S. Capitol grounds. Another idiot. Like, that's all I got to say yeah. about that. Yeah. That's all I got to say about that. Yep. Hey, Walmart announced earlier today that it's making changes to create a calmer shopping experience, at least for a few hours every day in all of its U.S. stores. I think this is really cool. Set to be implemented on Friday. Changes include setting in-store TV walls to a static image, turning off the radio, and lowering the store lights. Walmart said it learned during a pilot test for the back-to-back shopping period, or back-to-school shopping period. These efforts are especially beneficial to neurodiverse individuals, Mm. both customers and employees, with sensory disabilities. Walmart said the sensory-friendly hours will take place from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. local time, seven days a week in all Walmart, U.S., and Puerto Rico stores. They don't have a planned end date. Retailers said that the changes for now will roll out only at their Walmart locations and not at their Sam's Club warehouse locations. Aren't you a Sam's Club guy? I am, yes. Man, so you're not going to be able to partake in this. I know, it's a shame. Now you got to go venturing out in Walmart. Um, I know, and, and that's... Is there a Walmart near you? Yeah, there's one in uh, in Maple Grove. Um, I'm trying to think if I've been in that one. Yeah, that, that's, kind of our, that's kind of our home Walmart. Even though oh, yeah, yeah, it's further down. It, it's 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 not by every, it's not by Arbor Lakes. It's like an exit or two down. 
It's further down. It's go, it's it's much more towards Lakeville. Oh yeah 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 okay yeah, yeah. okay yeah, yeah it's that, a different exit. Yeah yeah different exit there. But yeah we're we go to the one because we live in just like the very north. We're like a stone's throw away from Maple Grove. But yeah it's that's not bad. I mean it, wait, is it Maple Grove or not? Yeah well the, the, <laughs> yeah because we live in Plymouth. But I mean we're like on the Plymouth Maple Grove. I'm just like, giving you a hard time. Um, just because I can't. <laughs> Coming up next, it's back. But it will never be the same. Something on the campus at the University of Minnesota. I'll tell you what that is next on The Late Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.